Welcome to the Park Road Podcast for November 19th, 2017. Today's podcast is a sermon given by Russ Dean, co-pastor with Amy Jackstein at Park Road Baptist Church. His sermon today is entitled, People, They is Complicated. Two bases for today's sermon. We're we're nearing the end of this Old Testament series and we've walked with the people from Egypt. They were enslaved in Egypt and Moses came and brought them out of Egypt. And they complained, maybe we ought to go back to Egypt. So God provided food. And they went to the mountain and God gave the commandments. But while they were waiting, the people complained. And they asked Aaron for a calf to worship. You know the story. They wandered some more in the wilderness. They finally got to Mount Nebo, looked into the promised land, and Joshua led them in the promised land. Long story, long time coming, but the people have come to the promised land. Finally, hallelujah, and the people again did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And if you've not read the meditation on the back of the bulletin, my friend Doris Ann who is one of our preacher camp friends, has done 22 funerals this year. I thought we had a lot of funerals. She's done 22 funerals this year. One for a man who had not spoken to his brother for 20 years. There had been a disagreement over money. And Doris Ann said, ironically, the one word that the family consistently used to describe the deceased was generous. He was a generous man. And when she told us the story of the man who hadn't spoken to his brother for 20 years because of money, who was generous, she said, ah, people, they is complicated. It's a common refrain that we Americans love to repeat with pride, but an assessment of the current cultural situation in our country will make any honest observer at least pause before too casually opining that we are the greatest nation the earth has ever known. Now the purpose of today's message is to not send you home in a peak of despair, so I will not enumerate the long list of the signs of our national disease, but given our current context in light of today's scripture, let me mention only two of the depressing expressions of our own evil. A website called Mass Shooting Tracker lists 393 mass shootings in the 321 days of 2017. You heard that right. 393 mass shootings this year in 321 days. That there is even a website called Mass Shooting Tracker is indication enough that we have a serious problem. That there have been 795 fatalities and nearly 2,000 injuries indicates the depth of our pain. And the fact that our national leadership consistently, steadfastly refuses to take action of any kind other than sending their thoughts and prayers Time and time again, thoughts and prayers just add embarrassing insult to our grave injury. 
There is the problem of our love affair with guns, and there's the problem of our problem with love itself. Now, sexual abuse is not entirely owned by the male gender, but it is so prevalent that if you are a woman who has not been violated by a man, or a man who has not abused a woman, you might be in the minority these days by all the sad and startling indication, an increasingly small minority. From the White House, to the halls of Congress, both sides of the aisles, to the Hollywood Strip, to the offices of corporate America, to the pulpits of America's churches, women are being abused by men in power. It's not a new sickness, and it's obviously not a problem in only the 50 U.S. states, but the recent rash of social media posts from women, hashtag me too, the long overdue naming of abuse in this country, the calling out of abusers, this should be a wake-up call. We have a problem. Now, I don't know exactly what it tells us about the soul of our nation, or the psyche of our men that so many of us have so little respect for women, but it should not require a licensed therapist to diagnose our need for deep emotional and psychological and spiritual healing. Now, I am not uncritically unpatriotic, nor do I take any sanctimonious pride in pointing a pastoral finger at our sin. But if some of our leaders, much more prominent than I, do not begin to lead with moral integrity, beginning by taking our failings more seriously, by naming our transgressions specifically, by calling out our arrogance for what it is, by pointing out blatant hypocrisy when it is so obvious, if some of our leaders do not begin to lead, then our demise may be swift. And when it comes, it will be a self-fulfilling prophecy. It was the American naval commander Oliver Hazard Perry who first said, we have met the enemy and they are ours. Perry was speaking about confronting battleships during the War of 1812, but his warning has been repeated often in many contexts and it is even more ironically true when it is used to name our inner demons. Truly, we have met the enemy, and they are us. In our worship series this fall, we have been following the journey of the Israelites from bondage to freedom. Moses led the people out of Egyptian slavery under the oppression of the Pharaoh. He led them to the mountain where they became a people guided by ten words from God. He led them through the wilderness, and while their wandering seemed to last a lifetime, a generation, forty long years, he did show them the promised land. And then he bequeathed his leadership to Joshua, and the land of promise became a land of reality. Now, maybe you can hear the American story in that story. A people looking for freedom, 
a people in search of a new identity, a people led by courageous men and women set out across a wilderness of ocean and winter and a new world of hostile forces finally to call a promised land home. Maybe the Old Testament story is our story, the good of it and the bad of it as well. Maybe that promised land will always be disputed. Maybe it should always be disputed. You know, it's not like the land was uninhabited when the people crossed over to claim it as their God-given inheritance. Not 2,000 years ago, not 200 years ago. And maybe the people, these heroes and heroines of faith and history, those whose names we speak with the reverence befitting a divine ordination, well, maybe they were special, but no more special or no more gifted and no more courageous or called than we are. So you might be tempted to think that after all the miles and all the years, looking back on bondage and wilderness and the obstacles they had overcome, you might think that when the people finally got to the promised land, they would have been, you know, humble and sincere and grateful. You might think that the fires of trial and troubles would have forged within them a character of moral courage. You might think that after all those experiences, tasting manna in the desert, seeing a cloud guide them by day and a pillar of fire protect them by night, witnessing the courageous struggle for liberation, witnessing that firsthand, you might think that in all those very real experiences, the people might have come to appreciate God. Real and acting in their midst. You might think that. But people, they is complicated. And the people again did what was evil in the sight of God. People and our stories, they is complicated. Because the truth, friends, is that real life, then as now, is just complicated. You will never hear me say, in the fashion of Alabama's now infamously righteous judge, Roy Moore, or some self-righteous fundamentalist, that the nation needs to turn to God. You'll never hear me say that, as he says it. But I do believe that if more of our people did just that, I believe that turning would make for revolution. It would not be the theocratic spiritual revolution that the Alabama judge so longs for, but it would be the social revolution we so desperately need. The ancient Hebrew prophets warned the nation of Israel that if they did not turn to God and remember the covenant, 
then their demise would be certain. And it was. Do you remember the covenant? Do you remember why God chose the Jewish people in the first place? Was it just because they were special? Just because they deserved it? Was it because God is capricious and random, bent on judging all and destroying most? No, the covenant was God's promise of social justice. It was the promise that social justice will come when a small group of people dedicate themselves to partnering with God for the benefit of all the people. God chose to bless Israel according to the narrative of Genesis 12 so that you, Israel, will be a blessing to all. In the biblical vision, there is no individual mandate. Excuse me for borrowing that phrase from the debate over Obamacare. There is only a collective mandate, a community mandate in the biblical vision. God's vision is for healing the world. And God will heal the world only with our help. Though it's not as easy as that makes it sound. Because people, you know, good people, all people, they is complicated. The biblical affirmation that is played out in every age and every nation and every place in every nation and in every person in every place in every nation is that God takes the initiative. That is our story. We are cast in a divine image, born in freedom and with the capacity to do immense good. We are born with an, an innate ability to love. We are born in that goodness and we are invited to accept that goodness. But people, they is complicated. So try as we may, living with the best of intentions and the highest of hopes, we all fail. But you are loved and you are forgiven, so be at peace. And we are at peace, it seems to me, until we're not. You know, again and again and again. But every Sunday we need to hear it. You are loved, you are forgiven, be at peace. It's part of that cycle. Grace, acceptance, failure, repentance, forgiveness. Grace, acceptance, failure, repentance, forgiveness, grace. It's a never-ending cycle given for a people who is complicated. So let us seek justice for all. Let us name the sins and even call out the sinners. But let us do it with humility and gentleness because you may be the next or I may be the next to fall. You know, people, they is complicated.
It is a never-ending cycle, so it's a good thing this complicated life we live begins and ends with grace. May it be so. We invite you to learn more about Park Road at parkroadbaptist.org. Park Road is a progressive faith community located in Charlotte, North Carolina, encouraging independent thought, community service, social justice, and interfaith understanding. Today's podcast was produced with production help from Hugh Ashcraft, Brian Smith, Bruce White, and Rich Dower. Our theme music was composed by Brandon Michael Williams. Thanks for listening today. Grace and peace to you.